children's ministry. And I want to I want to say thanks to those that are in the children's ministry doing that. And I want to say thank you to the families whose kids you allow to kind of be in the room and also you sacrifice for the kids to be in the room so you can kind of have to run around with them a bit before they settle in and some don't settle in very well. But that thank you for that. And thank you just for us as a community. Um, we value our kids. And um, I know it's really tough to come today. Maybe it's Susan. She hasn't heard that story from me yet. And uh, that's a really great story. And I guess maybe it's at a time that people aren't looking for that. And so for us as a community, to be discipling our kids, a disciple of Jesus, a person following Jesus, is one of the greatest gifts that we can have. And, and that, we don't, we don't model that very well. And so, and I, you know, I can say that as, as a kid preacher and say, yay, yay, thinking of more kids to have Personally, I think that we live at a time where it's more important to give than to take. So I don't, all of that just kind of crashed in on me kind of just really and just so under the spirit of that. So thank you at a time that you know may seem a little, we don't, we don't typically say now then bring your kids in for youth, but that's what it is. So, so thanks. Uh, it's important to me that as we go through a time that I, I believe that we're in an uncertain kind of time, uh, I, I could go a lot of different ways with that, but I'll just stick with our, with our council. Uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm both sad and I'm angry about our county in general and its response to COVID Sunshine and all that kind of stuff, and to think that we're in worse shape today than we were a year ago when COVID was meant to be at its height, and it was, and, and to think we would have learned uh, that the medical community does have wisdom for our sickness, and that we, in our common sense, and then the Spirit of God lives in us. The Spirit of God lives in us, so that we can discern what is truth and what is error, and. I mean, I think most of you, you that, you're, you that know me know I was raised in a highly dysfunctional family. I was asked as a kid to live in a family system that was run by denial and deception. And my friends, the church in general is dysfunctional right now, and we're being asked to live in a dysfunctional world. And maybe it's just that I have that background, and my, my feelers are out there. Woo, woo, woo. Don't ask me. Don't ask me to live in denial again. Don't ask me to be deceived. I was deceived way too much by my parents, by people by, that I knew they loved me, and I loved them, but there was a lot of deception in that. Those that are leading us, you know, we honor them, we love them, but oh my gracious, don't do that. So that's 
just just get to me. Certainly the time comes, and and I I don't know what to do within a community other than I've got to encourage us to persist. And persist means one foot after the other, one foot after the other foot, to persist in the things that matter. So we 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 just focused on faith, hope. Love remain. The synonym of remain in Greek is persist. We must persist. Faith, hope, love. That means one step. I'm going to trust. One step. One step. I'm going to hope. One step. I'm going to love. One step. I'm going to trust. One step. I'm going to hope. One step. I'm going to love. Step by step by step. As long as we're we're, we're persisting in faith, hope, and love, we're, we're 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 on the path. We need to be on. This morning, I want to turn to some uh, community devotions. So, you know, how is our diverse community of ordinary people following Jesus? You know, what practices can we participate in? I mean, one of them is continuing to meet together. And we're, we want to do that safely. We want to do that wisely. We want to follow the protocol of the health community. We believe that we're doing that. But what beyond that? What are some what are some practices that we can draw on from? So Acts chapter two with some of those practices. They devoted themselves. Again, the synonym of devotion is they persisted. They persisted in the apostles' teaching and fellowship breaking of bread, and the prayers. Day by day. That's that persistence. Day by day. They spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at homes and ate with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord himself, they're Christians, day by day, the Lord added to their number those that were I want to remind you that there are thousands of people in Jerusalem that are being saved. Now, in our contemporary uh, world, we think being saved means I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to live for heaven. I'm going to live in heaven eternally. I'm not here to deny that there's eternity. There is, but being saved in the context that I'm reading is not about the future. It's about the present. Thousands of people are being saved in their Peter is telling the story of Jesus, and he's saying, repent, believe in Jesus, save yourself from this crooked generation. Now, if that doesn't communicate to us, we live in a crooked generation. We live in a corrupt generation. We need present salvation from the deception, the denial of the corruption that is around us. Corruption is in our government, that government. Corruption is in our business. Corruption is in our schools, that government. Corruption is in our manufacturing. It just goes on and on and on. Greed has been on our undoing. It's just the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That is money itself is not, but it's, it's I've got to get more, I've got to get more, I've got to get more. If, if you look at, I mean, even if you start reading about Afghanistan, what's so struggling about Afghanistan? It's a trillion dollars in minerals that are stored there. 
my gracious sake. Are minerals that important? That 20 years, trillions of dollars, the loss of people's lives, that's really worth it? Then you start reading about people being, yeah, I can get you out of, I can get you out of that. going to turn a business now into getting people out of that business and what what that's is that what don't i mean i don't want to be alone here is that corrupt does that does that not like i mean it hits you in the heart but also it, it should anger us there's a legitimate place for that the thousands so once they were delivered the first century from that that corrupt generation then they were following Jesus and they persisted in daily practices and those practices were as I read the apostles teaching so they were learning the apostles taught people learn people put it into practice fellowship koinonia deeper than than friendship of the breaking of bread so I believe for us to escape the corruption of our generation, we, we too must repent. Repentance means turn and go the other direction. If ever there was a time for the church of Jesus Christ to be countercultural, to turn the, to turn, I'm not going that way. We're going this way. It's now. And we need to persist in these so this morning I want to I want to start with the breaking of the bread. How do we how do we persist in the breaking of the bread? Well, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine posted um, just our history within the Abrahamic tradition, and so that is the picture that I settled in upon. Um, and I want to read you the story that I wrote. Lee Weissman wrote. Ancient Jewish traditions tell us that Abraham and Ibrahim and Abraham, Hebrew, Arabic, English, peace be upon them, had a tent open on all four sides, just like this Jordanian dedicated tent, to welcome guests from all four sides. We believe that he did not People would thank him for the food, and he would explain that all blessings come from the one true God and teach them to thank him. He was not an educated philosopher or a king of the man of the desert land, etc. A man whose neighbors said of him, you are a prince of God among us, not over us, but among us. And now this simple man's teaching and example impacts so many of the ways so much of the way I live and the way millions of people live across our country. Many years ago, my friend in Chennai, uh, India, an elderly Tamil Muslim gentleman would always walk me out of his house and walk with me a bit. He said to me one day, do you know why I walk with you? The 
this is what Abraham used to do. Years later, my rabbi, <laughs> an elderly, pathetic man born in Czechoslovakia, would walk me out of his home. One day he said, you must always remember to ask for forgiveness. This was the principle of our father, Abba. This simple courtesy of a desert shepherd for his guests became an example Eastern world, fathers, the head of the household, open the meal by taking, it's really flat, it's not really a loaf of bread, it's really more flat bread, breaking that and giving thanks and then distributing it uh, to those guests. Eating a meal with followers and then potential followers was a regular practice. generation of people that followed ate meals together regularly. So we want to devote ourselves to breaking bread together. So what we want to do, we've been talking about it, but it's now getting closer to actually doing it, are we want to start a Decision Junior dinner group. A dinner group has a host family, and that group would consist of the host family and two other families. So you'd have three families that would agree to share two meals together per month, September and October. Now you might ask, well, what good can happen in a dinner group? Well, I just, I mean, I just kind of gave you the whole Abrahamic tradition. <laughs> that kind of good. <laughs> That's a pretty deep root <laughs> that we can draw from, and that's, and that's what we want to draw from. But I also want to add to it, there's some common sense. We, we are living at a time of a pandemic, and there is absolutely no guarantee that it won't be wave after wave after wave. I don't want it to be. I'm praying that it not be. But also, we have some personal responsibility, and those that are living with us do too. This thing stops when we start doing the stuff that the doctors are asking us to do. Until we do that, it can come and come and come and come and come. And so there may come, there may come a point where the medical community again says to churches, we think it's in your best interest not to gather. I, I've not been told not to gather. Nobody's called me and said, don't gather the church. You gather the church at another time. That hasn't happened. I've heard the medical community make that plea. Please, could you help us? Could you be part of the community? Could you serve your neighbors? Could you not meet together? Could you go online and could we like flatten the curve, establish the curve again? Which we did in Florida. So that may come, but one of the things that really bothered me is we didn't have anything to fall back on. And so most of us just fell back into the isolation of our own home, and we just took 
Texas Revolution is when she flips the online register. I, I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's a favor. So families of three, that's a small group. We can fall back to that small group of newcomers and new disciples. But at least we've got two other families that we're connecting to. We did this in, in our carpentry world. We just when this thing started started, carpentry was considered an essential business. So we didn't have to stop doing uh, carpentry. Most of the houses we worked in did not have people living in them. So we were going to empty buildings. Uh, but we, ag- we agreed that we would be honest with each other, that if, if we were around people that we were infected, that we would stay away from that person. If we ourselves got infected, we would stay home. If we felt sick, we would stay home. That we'd get tested. I mean, we just, we just, what do you call that? We just pledged our lives to one another. You know, we're going to watch out for each other. I believe three families can do that. And you can still maintain a fellowship and a connection when we can't meet together. So I, I feel like there's some common sense in us organizing ourselves as a community to do that. But there's more. There, there are some potentials coming out of that Abrahamic tradition that are so rich. So let me read you, again, part of our story. After the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus has been resurrected. Jesus is beginning to appear. Jesus appears beside two disciples who are discouraged or walking away from Jerusalem because their hopes have been dashed because Jesus wants to die. They haven't yet. They have not yet experienced his resurrection. So they walked along, and they finally said, sit down at the table. Jesus was at the table. Jesus sat and he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, I benefit 
three families meeting regularly and having a meal together because of the Christmas festivals. I believe it can set our hearts on fire. I believe that we can hear Jesus, that the scriptures can begin to open up and that we can begin to experience together the Christmas story. I believe all of that is the potential of having a meal together. And then the last is Jesus making himself remembered in the Christmas story. Wow. Something so simple with such decision's really easy. The decision is, yeah, I want to do that. I mean, and if it's not, yeah, I want to do that, but let's, what is it that would keep you from joining two other families twice a month and having a meal together? Just sort that out in your brain. I want to give you the time to think about that. I wouldn't really give you a lot of freedom with the decision you made. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Simple story. We need to know people in the most active, even in making the decision of a family, have a meal together. A, a, a way that we as a community, when we can't meet together, we can meet together and celebrate. Holy Spirit, please help. Help us to help figure out about what we can celebrate and how we can celebrate it. And even give us enthusiasm and enthusiasm to dive inside of us and being excited about the potential of what you can do through Christmas. you. Mm-hmm.